1: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
0: Hi, this is Pia Barancini and welcome to Everything is the Best, the podcast where I get vulnerable and make others do it with me. The goal here is to deep dive into interesting people's journeys, finding common denominators, and hopefully making you feel not so alone. So let's laugh, let's cry, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Elisa Petit is my go-to for most things having to do with my body, including getting pregnant. Considering she knows more about the female form than most, I thought we'd have her back and discuss something a bit more fun, like orgasms. In this episode, we discuss the four stages of female arousal, why it's so incredibly important not to rush your orgasm, and the incredible health benefits. Most importantly, we discuss the average person's warped perception of what sex actually is. And guess what? You, like me, probably have it wrong. This conversation lifted so many insecurities for me and once again made me realize a lot of the information I have been fed and heard most of my life had just been completely wrong. Enjoy, my darlings. Well, thank you for joining me. Big, I'm so happy to be back. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a vote on Insta Story of what the topic should be, and it was like 95% said they wanted to talk about sex and orgasms.
1: I'm not surprised because <laughs> almost 70% of women are sexually unsatisfied. And yeah. that is... In my opinion, an unacceptable situation <laughs> well, <because laughs> for you know it, your own well being, but also from all the health side of things. You know, it's not it's not okay not to be having your quality <laughs> on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> but there is no moment in your life where uh, someone sits you down and says, "As a woman, like this, this is how you need to know your body so you can properly enjoy sex." It's supposed to be like a bad thing you know, that we only have when we're married and then it's, you're with your husband, you're an adult, you should have it figured out by that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, we don't get a great setup for success. (laughs) We (laughs) We don't. And I think, you know, not only do we not know the science, but we also then have this like pornographic exposure in the ether, Mm -hmm. whether you actually watch it or not. But there are these assumptions made about how easy it should be for you to achieve your pleasure response. And it's a whole different situation for women. Your pleasure and, response is such an
0: elegant, <laughs> an elegant. well, term. because it's not just
1: <laughs> climax mm-hmm. that we're talking about. So I, I am, I use that not because I don't want to say orgasm or other things. Cause I love saying all those things mm-hmm. It's because there's a whole response that your body goes through. And, um, therefore, different stages and of it. Yeah, and so people,
0: I think, just skip to am I having an
1: orgasm climax. or not. Mm-hmm. Well, and actually, we, we use the words interchangeably when they're two different things. Mm. Orgasm and that? climax are two different things. The thing that you want is mm-hmm. the orgasmic plateau thing. That So let me just... All right, let's start with the stages of arousal. Let's just dive in. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the roll of our
0: sleeves. I am pregnant. Yourself. I'm like, please teach me how sex works. <laughs>
1: Well, we're not talking about that kind. We're talking about, we're going to really be focused on your clitoral response because, you know, nature's a bell curve. And what the science shows is that for most women, the best way for you to achieve, you know, almost 90% of women can achieve orgasm and climax through clitoral stimulation. Mm -hmm. Fewer women can achieve some form of you know, pleasurable response, a climax or an orgasmic sensation through penetration. But it's not everybody. So if you're only doing that, which you do, you know, that might not work for you. So there are these stages of your sexual arc that I think is just important for you to know. You have the arousal process, right? Which, in, which involves tumescence, which is the female word for erection. Mm. I think it's such a beautiful word. Never even tumescence. heard that. Two Have I two messed? <laughs> <laughs> Have you two messed? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I mean, like we should use the vocabulary, right? Okay. And you know, what does what causes two messes? Actually, it's not typically direct stimulation. You never, we all know. I think by um, trial and error, never to approach the clitoris cold don't, <laughs> don't sneak up on her nope. don't just like don't just do you know no so it's all the other stuff it's all the other erogenous zone stimulation by, or, by the and, way
0: really weird side note I have yes. that book that says every day how the baby's developing and last week she developed her clitoris and we like toasted to her <laughs> like oh, my mom and my awesome. husband and I were like yes <laughs> That's great. (laughs) I was like, this is such a healthy way to like start her sexual life as a, as a, you know, as a female.
1: Or being a support, a mom who is supportive of her. Yeah, of course. Okay, Sorry Um, to interrupt. Go ahead. (laughs) So we have that from the erogenous zone stimulation or conversations or kissing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you move into the orgasmic plateau stage. And so if, if tumescence is like a zero to a two, and we're on a scale of 10, 10 being climax, the orgasmic plateau is like a two to an eight. Okay. You want to stay in orgasmic plateau for as long as humanly possible. Okay. Why? Why, Elisa, do you want to do that? Because you everybody wants to get to the cl- the climax part, which is like the eight to the 10, where the nerve endings like have their big moment they maximally you know, are mm-hmm. stimulated and then they're done. And then you move to the fourth and final stage of the pleasure arc, which is the refractory period mm-hmm. where you recover, the nerve endings kind of calm down, you recover and you could start the whole process over again. And this is what multiple orgasmic sort of potential means is that you move through that whole arc, those four stages, you know, as quickly as you can or in as long of a phase as you need. Mm-hmm. All the health benefits, however, come from, the orgasmic plateau, right? Oh. All of them. You get so much nitric oxide produced, so much oxytocin. This is when you make all the collagen for your skin, boost your mm. immunity, boost your fertility, regulate ovulation. You um, regulate ovulation and boost fertility? And, and increase longevity, protects your brain. I mean, the benefits to female health Wow. From the orgasmic plateau stage are enormous. I, I am mean, an official
0: I- orgasmic plateau advocate looking for the best way to spend dry January. Or maybe you just need like a little bit of break from the booze. Look no further than kin. Kin Euphorics is the first non-alcoholic drink for grown-ups who care about the little things like brain function, hormone harmony, great sex, and de-stressing after an insane day. I've been posting about kin for a while because it's really my go-to drink whenever I need to take like a break from the booze. Kin euphorics are stacked with the good stuff and none of the bad. So I feel really blissed out when I drink one and I don't have any of the weird side effects. Think adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms that help curb stress in the moment and over time, as well as nootropics that support cognitive function like clarity, memory, and creativity. Forex designed three mood-defining drinks for every occasion, basically like the Spotify of beverages. There's High Road, which hosts an herbaceous flavor and a feeling of lifted mind and relaxed body. Great for social hour. I reach for a High Road after a long day and I add a splash of club soda, maybe some tonic, or I'll like squeeze some lime in there. It's perfect when I'm looking for a way to kick back without the compromise. The Kin Spritz is a sparkling Aperol-like brain boost without the crash or the hangover. I like to crack open a Spritz around four to beat my afternoon slump and shift from work to play. Dream Light is amazing. This booze-free nightcap tastes like an Amaro and melts away my stress. Not to mention I sleep like a baby and wake up feeling Awesome. We've worked out a special deal for Everything's the Best podcast listeners. Receive 15% off plus free shipping on your order. Go to kinuforex.com slash best or use code BEST at checkout to claim this deal. That's K-I-N-E-U-P-H-O-R-I-C-S
1: dot com slash best. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering From Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? how do we maintain? Because, you know, oftentimes we are so goal oriented because of mm-hmm. pornography, right? We just want to get to climax. That's where I always use...
0: mess up too. I'm like, I have to get to this moment. No. Everyone's waiting for <laughs> me to get to this moment.
1: No one's waiting for <laughs> <Everyone>. you. <laughs> <laughs> just, All the people You involved. want to just be on your own schedule, right? Like don't, feel, don't take that pressure on. But I think that's what women do. Yes. They do. I mean, we Again, because we're comparing ourselves to mm-hmm. what we think is the standard, which is, you know, ready, wet and climaxing really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that just, you know, we haven't even talked about the infradian rhythmic effect on your sex drive and your libido as a whole. I, I, and the reason why I like talking about this is, I mean, I've had women over the 20 years of taking care of women come to me in their twenties saying, that they think they have a a low libido Hmm. because they don't understand how your sex drive is supposed to be different in each Hmm. of the phases of the cycle, which we're going to get to in a second. But I just wanted to help you understand the mechanics of this arousal process so that you can actually have some agency over your pleasure response and, and make sure that it happens every time. You have to go through these four steps but the orgasmic plateau stage, you want to stay in there at least 20 minutes. Now, what what does that practically mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. Betty Dodson, I believe the, the grandmother now, although she wasn't when she started of masturbation, mm-hmm. you know, sex for one was a groundbreaking book. Mm-hmm. I've met her. She is, you have, of course, She's so cool. <laughs> I try to seek out all the um, <laughs> women like that <laughs> who have been trying to pioneer an empowering conversation for women's health and bodies. Anyway, she she's an amazing human being. And, uh, you know, she created this, coined a term called the edging technique, right? Mm-hmm. So in order for you to maintain orgasmic plateau for as, as long as you'd like, which by the way is, is unlimited, you want to edge yourself between a two and an eight up and down that scale. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. You're either going to speed up the stimulation on the clitoris. You're going to slow it down and you're going to edge up to that eight. But when you feel like you're getting a little too close to moving over the threshold into climax, you're going to breathe. You're going to slow down, maybe stop for a minute Mm -hmm. and start the process over. And what is nitric oxide? And people And I say this. They're like, what does that mean? You can actually generate some right now. We can do it together. Ready? Mm. In, in, no no uh, clitoral stimulation <laughs> involved. So just, you're like, we are going to do it right now. So just do this. Just start, and everybody listening, just start shaking your hands vigorously like you're trying to fling water off of them. And we're going to just do it as hard and fast as you can, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you when to stop another <clears throat> 30 seconds or so. This is awesome. And when you stop, what you're going to do is you're going to just like feel what's happening in your hand. Okay, mm-hmm. ready? So we're going to do 10, 5, 3, 2, stop. Feel uh, that little tingly? Mm-hmm. That's nitric oxide. You will have all of this circulating through your body the more you are uh, in that orgasmic plateau stage. And nitric oxide is that molecule. I mean, to get really nerdy on you, it's the 1996 molecule of the year. It is what (laughs) Viagra is based on. It crosses the blood brain barrier. It is like this enormously beneficial molecule in the body and very youth enhancing, immune enhancing, Mm -hmm. super, super good for you. The more you stay in orgasm plateau, the more of that you feel all throughout your body. You generate that throughout your body and you want to do that. So, You want to experiment with how long you can stay in that phase. I'm happy to report that I've had an opportunity to experience orgasmic plateau for about 45 minutes and the amount of nitric oxide that I felt was like, (laughs) you don't even realize not just how cool that is, like knowing that that's what you're going to be generating, but also You as a woman probably don't realize how much pleasure you're capable of feeling Mm. because you've, you know, probably experienced your climax really, you know, in this truncated way, Mm -hmm. often using vibrators. And I have nothing against vibrators. It's just that you have to appreciate that when you do use them, they're so powerful they really bypass that orgasmic plateau stage and you get very quick to your climax. And then your refractory period becomes longer because the nerve endings have been hyper-stimulated. Like it does what right. a hand can't do. Yeah. So you, it takes longer for you to recover. So you actually can become less... Multiply orgasmic, you know, and I know all of you have tried. You're like, oh, I just want to squeeze one more climax out. You like, you know, you're buzzing that thing on your clitoris, and it's like not happening, and it's frustrating. That makes sense. And that's why, because again, just understanding the mechanics of this of of this pleasure arc is just so empowering. So you know how to work the situation. Mm -hmm. If you want to have a quickie, you use a vibrator. If you want to get all the health benefits, which I recommend women do at least twice a week, you want to give yourself, you know, get the lube and do that orgasmic plateau edging process for about 20 minutes, you know, then you can loop in your partner if you want, mm-hmm. you can, or you don't have to, right. If you're not with a partner, it's really the, the benefits, the health benefits from your sexual response are not dependent on your partner or having a partner, which I think is another important thing. It's not all so of this us this is are- like a, an official prescription for twice a week twice a week. I put it in all my books twice a week. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to live a long time and have like glorious skin and, um, you know, keep your fertile factors optimal and keep your libido and your hormones balanced. I think it's a really great tool. If I, if you know, people said, well, what's the one vitamin you recommend for every woman, it would be vitamin orgasm, which by the way is free. (laughs) How does it regulate hormones? Well, it just helps overall balance that endocrine function. Mm. And so it can be a really great boost for women who, because it can because it can support regular ovulation, it can be a help for women who are wanting to use that. For example, if they're having irregular cycles, if they're starting that transition into perimenopause, it can help smooth that out. I think it's just an important tool that we overlook. We think it's like a bonus or a nice to have, but I would rather us as women really understand the science of what is so beneficial so that you can, you know, give yourself an extra reason to carve out that time for yourself and make it quality time, as opposed Mm -hmm. to just rushing, rushing to the finish line.
0: I mean, that makes sense all the way around. I mean, how fascinating. Cause we really, I mean, we've just got it all wrong on so many levels, which is what I always discover when I talk to you, but culturally what we're taught is the opposite. It's that awkward time of year where maybe you need to purchase a gift for a man or an athlete in your life and you just don't know what to buy. That's why I'm here to suggest to you the Legends brand, which is my new favorite men's athletic apparel brand, which is based right here in Los Angeles. The products are super high quality with all the performance features you would expect as an athlete, but with style and comfort that makes for all day wear. I have received a bunch of the stuff, Already for Davide, and before it even hit his closet, I stole a bunch of it because it is so soft and so comfortable, especially the Luca short, which Davide lives in. It is lightweight and breathable and perfect for any workout. And the new Hawthorne Tech hoodies are the softest addition to any wardrobe. The Hawthorne Tech hoodies and joggers are a perfect gift, and it will not break the bank. A lot of top athletic brands are charging $100 or more for hoodies and sweats, but the Legends hoodies and joggers are $75. Visit thelegendsbrand.com slash Pia and use promo code PIA20 to get 20% off your next purchase. That's thelegendsbrand.com slash Pia and use promo code PIA20 in all caps for 20% off your purchase
1: listen i mean we can't ignore the fact that our uh, sexuality has been baked in a sauce of you know the patriarchy <laughs> and so um by there, the three that men comes, that own <laughs> it comes with a certain you know conditioning that you know your your sexual response should be there to create pleasure for others And really, people who have great sexual relationships with partners are partners who find themselves with partners, each of them both being very knowledgeable about their own body's response, very attuned to their own body's response, and find it really pleasurable to watch their partner have their full pleasure experience. Yes. And that's an
0: interesting thing when you first, as like a whatever age, find that partner and you're like, oh... There is a whole other level to this.
1: And I think also too, it does play into some of the psychology where women feel a little bit concerned about being selfish, so to speak, at Mm -hmm. a high level or prioritizing themselves or setting up boundaries. You know, I think that if it's hard for you to carve out time in your calendar for self-care or say no when you, you know, or say, when you say yes, when you really wish you could say no, like it's going to also, that, that same psychological stance that you have is going to play out also in your sexual experiences where you're not going to ask for what you want or say more or not that stop doing that. (laughs) Right. And I don't think that's important too. I had to meet
0: an older, I remember like having a friend when I was young who was much older than me and so beautiful and so sexual. And she would, you know, she was like 10 years older than me. And she would be like, what is sex like for you? Like, are you enjoying yourself? You need to make sure that X, Y, and Z is happening. Like she was really like, are you masturbating? Like you should masturbate all the time. Like it's so good for you. Like, but I, you know, obviously didn't know the science behind it, but it was very, I was like, oh yeah, like I can be in control Here, like, and that's also probably very sexy to most men, right? Is this kind of powerful, like,
1: or women, if you're in a sex relationship, you know, like, Mm -hmm. any, it doesn't matter who you're with. Um, I think it just matters that you enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way for women to learn how to enjoy themselves. truly not at this academic level or to feel uncomfortable, is to really just know their body and know their response and to just to do those experiments. Like if you've not spent 20 minutes in the orgasmic plateau stage, you, or you haven't yet made that distinction between orgasmic plateau and climax, doing that for the first time is going to change your life, right? Because you're yes. like, oh, I have these two different responses I didn't even realize, or just being able to be so self-attuned that, oh, now I can tell that I'm too messing. I can feel that. That feels different. It feels distinct from these other phases. That's a really cool thing because then you can start to almost like meditate on where you're at in mm-hmm. each encounter, you know? And I think that's that's another thing that's really helpful. Slowing down being present is, a gr- is another thing that really helps women with their pleasure response because... Your biggest sexual organ. I know we've been talking a lot about the clitoris, but for women, it's actually our brain. Of course, right? Unhooking our stress response and being able to focus and and be attuned. So to be t- to practice to have that b- twice a week practice where you're breathing and paying attention to your body and you're like a meditation, right? I
0: really like saying that it's like a form of meditation. I mean, it makes total sense to me.
1: Anything that has you, you know, out of your fight or flight mode, you know, changing your, you know, your brain state, breathing deeply, calming down the nervous system and focusing your attention and awareness on, you know, sensations, uh, absolutely is a form of meditation. And I think it also, certainly the, the cortisol flushing, just that alone that yeah. comes from orgasm and climax. You're going to reduce your stress levels, be able to concentrate and focus on things and outside of the bedroom, but also if you're in a partnered situation, you're able to be more present with that person, teach them how to be more present with you. It's a, it's a really nice practice. mm mm-hmm. Well, of course.
0: I mean, there's times where we'll be in like, you know, just like a normal, especially during quarantine, stuck inside. And he'll, he'll look at me and be like, mm, we haven't had sex in a while. Like, be like we lost our moment to calm down and connect and make each other feel good and feel those feelings. And it does really like center our relationship in a, in a way that's much more. It's not about you know, this quick act of having sex. It's about us, th- the whole process of it. It's really, um, but it's funny that he notices that now because he was too afraid when, my, when I was in my first trimester. He's like, oh, I'm going to hurt the baby. <laughs> like, I was Such like, idea. don't yeah. flatter yourself, dude. <laughs>
1: you're fine. <laughs> no, but I, I think that and that's another reason why knowing about these stages of your arousal process can help you have a, a productive conversation with your partner like hey mm-hmm. you know let's not rush to the finish line you know mm-hmm. i'd love to just focus on the arousal stuff cuz i'm so stressed out about the pandemic and work and that that like i just can't even think about sex okay great <clears throat> then you just told your partner what you need and the formula for him or her to succeed with you which is okay i'm just going to sit you down on the couch i'm going to rub your shoulders we're mm-hmm. not going to talk about anything stressful i'm going to you know, kiss your neck. I'm going to rub your back. I'm going to, you know, just all of those things shift your nervous system state, right? Mm-hmm. Helps the body flush cortisol, puts you out of your head space and into your physical space. And then if you wanted to proceed, you would know, you would be like, yeah, okay. I want to take this to the, you know, out of just the arousal phase and into the orgasmic plateau phase and move it up a notch. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can slowly take that journey together, whether or not you finish is irrelevant. The fact that you've connected that way as a couple mm-hmm. really can, you know, keeps intimacy, takes the pressure off mm-hmm. and builds a lot of Compassion for each other. You know, it's a nice practice to do with your partner too. So I just, I love having the framework so it doesn't feel so random.
0: Bev is a female first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. In an industry that is almost exclusively masculine, Bev is breaking norms and creating something from the female perspective that is approachable, fun, and consumer-centric. They have three varietals, rosé, salve blanc, and a pinot gris, as well as limited edition extra fizzy sparkling white wine for the holidays, which was my favorite before I got pregnant. Their wines are dry, crisp, and a little fizzy, and super refreshing and delicious. And my husband and my mother drink them pretty much every day. They have zero sugar and only three carbs and 100 calories per serving. The cans may look cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle of wine just for yourself. A 24-pack is equal to eight bottles of wine. Their four packs are the perfect and cutest holiday gift for everyone on your list. Bev ships straight to your door and shipping is always free. We've worked out an exclusive deal for Everything is the Best podcast listeners. Receive 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Packs. You can check out all of the delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash best or use code best at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash best.
1: And then I do want to talk about your desire overall, because I think, you know, like we said, pornography kind of conditions us to think, you know, oh, we should feel hot. Wet and ready and climaxing, like with you know, at the drop of a hat.
0: Yeah, and then there's or, a stigma too. I have to say, like when women go through menopause, of like, well I'm not wet anymore," and like I'm right. useless. Right? Yeah. Which I we think is talk about that so. Too. Like it shouldn't. I, I, I see that so much. I with, with I remember my mother and her friends and and my sister. She's much older than me. When she sort of, it's it's that conversation is always like, "I'm losing." This part of myself, and God, what a negative way to speak about something that's just a very natural process.
1: Well, I also think that women are not given the right support during Absolutely. the pre-menopausal transition, and so they probably have more acute symptoms than they should. Because from what we know, um, actually, our response should we should have more of a desire as we as we grow in age. So it's an interesting. We're just not treating
0: that properly. And so we're not.
1: (sighs) Yeah. You know, it's just the same thing we, you know, we've talked about in the past. If you don't, if you don't support your cycle, you can disrupt Mm -hmm. your fertility, right? So it's the same thing. If we don't support our hormones overall, as we transition to perimenopause, we can have issues with our sex drive. But let's just talk about this sort of infradian effect on your libido so that you don't walk around thinking you should have the same level of desire every day and internalize a lot of self-criticism about, Oh, what's wrong with me? Why am I not in the mood? I must have some problem. No, no, no. So (laughs) you have different desire levels and, or, and also the different things that will create desire for you. Mm. Um, Throughout the four phases of your cycle. So, for those of you who are hearing about this for the first time, you didn't listen to our first show, which you should.
0: You have <laughs> this thing. The book being- and download the app. I followed that.
1: <laughs> I follow that app religiously. <laughs> well, the app will tell you what's going on, Absolutely. sex-wise. So that that is a convenient tool. You're right. I forgot about that. So the infradian rhythm. You have your follicular phase, your ovulatory phase, your luteal phase, and your your menstrual phase, the bleeding week. So you know, let's start with the menstrual phase, actually, because I think that's a fun one to start with, because most women are like, yuck, you know, although there are people who love having uh, intercourse during the menstrual phase as a form of cramp relieving, um, most women are under the impression that that's just not a time where they're in the mood as, as readily. What's interesting is that you absolutely can be in the mood. And what's happening is the weight of your uterus, which has increased due to the thickening of your endometrial lining, Mm. right? The uterus, the uterus, you know, increases in volume towards the end of the cycle before Mm -hmm. all the lining sheds. That actually applies gentle internal pressure on the nerve endings that connect to the Mm. G spot and the clitoris, right? So you can actually just be sitting there about to menstruate, feeling a little turned on and not knowing why, because nothing is happening, so to speak, mentally that's making you aroused, but your uterus is somehow stimulating you from the inside. Amazing. Thing the that's fascinating. So, Right. So, you know, th- just knowing that, and if you are in the mood and you want to engage, right, also know that that's a dry phase, ironically, even though there's menstrual blood, mm-hmm. you know, you anytime you get a cut, right, you know what happens to the blood when it hits the air, it gets sticky and tacky. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens to your menstrual blood It's not a lubricant. So if you're going to engage in any kind of stimulation, whether it be clitoral or penetrative sex, you need to use lubricant during that phase. But I think it's really interesting to just see that there are different ways. So let's say ovulation is the other obvious one. We all feel very aroused during ovulation because we have the surge of estrogen, we have the surge of testosterone, and nature has hardwired us to procreate. So we're we've by the way, when you
0: cycle sync and your phases are very clear, like I knew I was ovulating because I would my libido was tenfold instantly, yep. like the first day. Yeah. And I act different. And I was like very much more attractive to my husband. It's, I mean, it's just nature.
1: It's amazing. I mean, I think we all think that we transcend our bodies because we have these very powerful supercomputers between our brains. But we are also still very Mm -hmm. much governed by (laughs) the biology and the biochemistry. (laughs) Like, yes, there's free will, and also sometimes not. So yes, during ovulation, it's a wet phase. You have all this hormonal impetus to be in the mood. And so this is the phase that will sort of match in your mind the conditioning you've received from pornography, like you're hot, wet, and ready to go. And you don't need much stimulation or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, lingerie or like whatever your thing is. You don't need those things to be in the mood. So that leaves two other phases, the follicular phase and the luteal phase. So let's start with the luteal phase. Most of us associate with PMS. The luteal phase, actually, the first half of that phase, you still have a lot of effect from um, some more testosterone production that's taking place and still rising estrogen. So that's a phase where your libido should still be <clears throat> equally strong and it's still considered a wet phase. You don't need additional lubricant to enjoy your process. And I think no, just even knowing that can prevent a lot of you know, tripping yourself up mentally, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have you been in a situation not connecting the dots with which phase you're in and you're not lubricating as quickly mm-hmm. as you think you should? And you think, oh, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. No, if you just knew, oh, I'm in my follicular phase, it's a dry phase. I, you wouldn't even start the party. Yeah. Yeah until you said, get the lube, mm-hmm. then it'd be just fun from the start. So I, I think it's important to understand that if you want to biohack your orgasm, optimize your orgasmic potential, you've got to understand these two pieces, the actual, you know, pleasure arc that we went through before. And then also just how your libido works across the cycle. So you don't have these expectations. that It shouldn't be the same every day. You know, guys are more the same every day, Mm -hmm. If you're in a heterosexual relationship, you know, they wake up pretty obviously full of testosterone, (laughs) right? A healthy male will wake up with some form of morning wood and that's, you know, the peak time of day for them in that early morning time for them to have their pleasurable experience. Uh, Interestingly enough, if you're in a long-term relationship with your partner, you will learn that the worst time to approach your partner for the kind of sex that you want to have is anytime after 9.30 at night. I mean, really, really you're pushing it after nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, they're capable of having the sex with you after these hours, but it will be less high quality. You'll have less of their focused attention. It'll be quicker. And you're, they'll also feel the effects of it the next day they should be sleeping making their testosterone for the next day oh and you're like kind of like depriving them of like a healthy next day (laughs) (laughs)
0: so there are a couple of articles i've
1: written for other outlets in the past where you know the optimal timing for men and women is sometime in like the midday zone you know midday to three o'clock we have to work we need to shift our work schedules i think i think that the whole working nine to five is is i think actually the pandemic is a really interesting I situation because uh, you know we're all working from home and making our own schedules more and more and uh, you know you should do what optimizes your biochemistry throughout the day not just sex that you know if you need to work out in the morning and you're a guy you should do that if you need to have a meeting at a certain time you should women, you know what i mean like women mm-hmm. should be able to do what works for them men should be able to do what works for them it shouldn't just be this arbitrary thing that is based on old industrialized mm-hmm. factory schedules you know oh yeah do. they are factory schedules yeah punch in punch out mm-hmm. and that's when you do the work you know yeah. <laughs> which is out is becoming outdated you know so I do think in the future it'll be a lot easier to just say oh yeah you know I take a two-hour lunch break because there's a some sort of physical activity I'm going to do, whether that's working out or X. Why not? My you know, husband worked your- for
0: an Italian man in Italy who would say, "You go home, you have your pasta, you make a love to your wife, and you come back to work feeling so good, and you have a productive I mean, rest." You of your know, day. not for
1: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so in the follicular phase like we were talking about you have your it's a dry phase and what helps you get in the mood because you're not naturally being stimulated by testosterone and estrogen these are at lower levels Mm -hmm. in the follicular phase it's just not going to happen sort of let's say organically if you want to get yourself in the mood the best thing to do is to do something new with your partner
0: Mm. this is the new stuff week yeah this is like the new stuff week
1: like go, even if it's something you've done before, but you just don't do it very often, mm-hmm. you know like you go for a big hike you know in the hills and you just don't get you do it once a month. that's fun, something to look forward to. it's mm-hmm. stimulating, it's mm-hmm. oxygenating, it changes your you know nervous system state, you connecting with your partner. And that's what's going to get you in the mood the fastest, something new and fun, taking a cooking class, taking a dance class, so anything in the Ovulatory phase, if you wanted to, this would be a time where you could socialize with other couples or friends. And that would be fun because that extroverted piece where you're the social butterfly, and you know, when we used to be able to do that, right? Being out amongst other people, it's very stimulating, makes you feel good. You know, that coupled with your hormones, it'll be a pretty banner experience. Mm -hmm. In the luteal phase, again, you're still stimulated by testosterone and estrogen, so you'll be in the mood. But I think what gets us in the mood when we're stressed from life in this phase is connecting on an emotional and, you know, emotionally intimate level, Mm. right? Because the other thing that can happen during the luteal phase is you're more irritated about things in your relationship because they are really a problem, Mm -hmm. not because of your hormones, but because once a month you're reminded like, these are things that we still have to resolve. Yeah,
0: you're not crazy, which I never like to call women crazy or hormonal. You're just no. Everybody's hormonal.
1: Cats and dogs and babies and adults, men, women, children, we're all hormonal. So to single women out is really a misogynistic thing to say. Like, oh, you're hormonal. It's not a nice thing to say. Um, We're all hormonal. Without hormones, you're dead. um, To be blunt about it. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, in in this luteal phase, like you know, having a nice conversation with your partner. You know, if you can, or if you need to work something out, work it out. And then you're going to feel so close and connected. Oftentimes that can be a a, a way to initiate physical activity. Or just even doing something again in long. I've been in a long-term relationship. And I've been married for a while. Although my husband's the, uh, the the finance guy, so he actually keeps track. I think it's like ten years. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I don't really focus on those details. I keep too many scientific studies in my head. I'm like, you keep the dates. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not so nice. sure. I know we've been together forever, so that's fine. <laughs> um, but to you know to to continue to feel like you're dating, sometimes we will in that in my luteal phase, we'll sit down and we'll like bring some questions that we don't know the answers to about each other. Like, what do you, you know, what's your thing? What do you think about this? Or, you know, has this ever happened to your life? Just to like really keep getting to know each other. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a fun way to like go on a date at home over like, not that I drink wine anymore, but you know, your proverbial glass of wine with each other. And then, you know, you can start the process of moving things to the physical level. But I think it's important that you factor in the psychological and emotional piece for yourself because your, your emotional needs also change throughout that infradian rhythmic effect throughout the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just a way to help you navigate the changing self that you are. And again, just biohack your pleasure by all these different angles, the psychological angle, the emotional angle, the physical angle, right? It's really a holistic way to approach Pleasure.
0: I really loved when I <clears throat> was cycle syncing before I got pregnant, uh, like getting my notification about which phase I was in. And I and I caught myself mentally preparing myself for the coming week. Like I knew, okay, I'm at the end of, you know, my ovulatory phase. This is coming. I know I'm gonna be X, Y, and Z this week. And and it and so approaching it also in this way, which you do such a good I mean, you've made this your life, obviously. So the way you compartmentalize and and, and essentially biohack your life is really on all levels. Like this week, I know I'm good at this. So you can really say like, this is the kind of work I'm going to do. This is the kind of sex I'm going to have. I mean, it's phenomenal to me that you have developed a system that seems pretty, this is not complicated at all. This
1: is like a no, it's nice just, it is multifaceted. System. So I think there is a, a risk for people to feel overwhelmed. But again, I have made it easy for you because the MyFlow app just tells you exactly all these things. You don't have to remember them. It was so like, easy.
0: It would literally, here's the phase I'm in. And then... I kind of had it memorized. Oh, you know, maybe I'm going to stay away from these kinds of foods this week, or maybe I'll increase this kind of food. Or I know that this week I do more working out or less working out. And then there's all these little like tips and tricks in there. Like you're feeling a little, you know, this is a great week to go to dinner with another couple and have, you know, great sex with your husband or your partner or whoever it is that you have those little tips in there. So it really wasn't you made it so easy to follow. And now thinking about, I mean, what an addition to be able to think like, oh, now these are how my weeks look sexually is just very, very cool. It's kind of a relief.
1: I mean, I think navigating our hormones as women should be easy. Yeah, it's not. not you know, <laughs> and, and, and I think I just can't, every time I have looked at this, I, when it first started happening to me, you know, 20 years ago when I had my big hormonal situation, I just couldn't understand why this was so complicated. And, and that has only increased that feeling of this shouldn't be this complicated or confusing or overwhelming to women has only increased over the past 20 years, because especially because more and more and more research
0: mm-hmm. has been
1: released to clarify and distinguish um, you know, what is going on in our bodies. So now that that's the case, we should know, we should be informed. Mm-hmm and we should have a way for this to all just be organized. So I have been, I guess, just because this has been my life's work, just building these things over the past number of years. And so that it just makes it just so much more straightforward. We just have to adopt this new framework of the fact that you operate with these two biological rhythms, the circadian and the infradian. Understanding that just changes how you interact with yourself, you know, whether that's through the calorie intake you're having throughout the month or your workouts, or how you approach your, your libido as a whole, right? And I think it is a relief with sex because, you know, first of all, obviously, when you hear about these two frameworks, your sexual response and the infradian ryth- rhythmic effect on your libido, you... Understand that nature has designed you to have pleasure 100% of the time. So then, when we revisit the statistic we started with, which is like almost 70% of women are sexually unsatisfied, the root cause of that dissatisfaction is not your partner or the lack of a partner. It's the fact that you. Or that there's some libido issue with you. Exactly. It's that you. haven't explored these four stages of your arousal process and you, you haven't been, you know, given this framework of your libido changes throughout the, you know, the month. And so, you know, you're just kind of driving blindly around hoping that you bump into an orgasm or a climax from time to time. And 70% of the time you're not. So, you know, I think we can do better. We certainly deserve better and we were designed better to, to feel you know, rocking all the time. Why
0: is it so, I don't want to say difficult, but, you know, like I remember being like my first thoughts about sex. And then when I started having sex, not being able to have an orgasm from penetration right away, made me feel broken. And I assumed, you know, I, I lost my virginity when I was 19 um, or 18. I was like, oh, I'm, this is what sex is going to be forever. I'm not going to, I'm. this is just I'm going to have to, you know, pretend like I'm enjoying this and be sexy and fun. And that's not going to be for me. And then when you start talking to other women, it's like, oh, yeah, I can't do that either. You're just like, oh, you just normalize that it is normal to not have an orgasm during sex. Why is it more difficult to have an orgasm from penetration? And, you know, how? I guess we should shift that conversation always to being, assuming that orgasms are not coming from that, right? That like... It has to be clitoral stimulation. Cause that's really Yeah, really- I mean that's that's how
1: I would answer that question is the, the reason why you were set up for failure well, is that the wrong you you had a heteronormative derived uh, education about sex, which is that it is penetration and that's the magic. No, that's the delivery method for fertility potentially. <laughs> you know, <laughs> although now we have all the other technology, so that's not even it. <laughs> <necessary. laughs> Um, so that's why the two, you know, like in electricity, like they talk about, like, you know, there's the, the male and female parts to a socket. Right. So like, that's really why it looks like that. It's just to get the sperm to the cervix. That's the only reason. But, um, (laughs) if we took away that heteronormative conversation and just said, well, and we just looked at like biomechanics and we said, okay, well. For the female parts, this is how we generate pleasure, which is the clitoral focus and those four stages of arousal, right? And if you are with, if you have male parts, this is how it works too. By the way, they have four stages as well. I mean, you can, if you're with a male partner, you can have him be in an extended orgasmic plateau for Mm -hmm. as long as you want, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to know how to edge your partner properly, right? So that I think would be very different. And then if people were educated that way, then when you did get together with whichever, you know, partner you're with, you just come with this understanding of the biomechanics. And then because you have that understanding mutually, you're able to support each other, mm-hmm. practice. Right, and I just—I really do think that that's that. But to answer your question about well, why is it harder? It just has to do with how many, you know. F- okay, let's let's think about it this way. The clitoris has eight thousand nerve endings, exclusively designed for pleasure. Okay. Right. The vaginal canal doesn't have this many um, nerve endings, exclusively designed for pleasure. The places where you have the G spot, the U spot, the A spot, right? These are like the G spot is technically where the bundle of nerve fibers from the clitoris anchor into the vaginal canal. Mm-hmm. It's a small spot, mm. you know. You if you're in if with if you're with a male, the angle, the girth, the you may never hit it, yeah. stimulated enough. It's just not a. It's not an. It's not how you were designed to there be stimulated. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. the canal was designed to receive the shaft, to receive the sperm to the <laughs> cervix. That's it. <laughs> right <laughs> now, it does feel good if you do it right, but should you put it in your mind that it has to result in a in a climax? No, not Definitely not. And and the science, the studies show that that is really not the the bell curve. That is not where the vast majority of women experience their pleasure. But like ninety percent of women will. Experience clitoral pleasure, and that's where you should put your focus. Unbelievable.
0: Another conversation with you that makes
1: me angry that I've had the wrong information. How much I make you (laughs) angry? I had the wrong information
0: (laughs) up until my 30s. (laughs) I mean, it's just unbelievable. Really? But it's interesting too. Like it you comes know, down to science are... too, which I love this is you're like literally like the research, show. <laughs> like, scientifically <laughs> you were not designed. It's like, there should be a it disclaimer not, on like every porn site. No
1: works. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Now I, I think it's also interesting too, that if you think back to any relationship you've had with a man or with a woman who really knows their way around your clitoris and prefers that as their mode of, delivering pleasure to you mm-hmm. how much you love and appreciate that person, whether you're under them or not, It's like, wow, this person is a great person. And I really <laughs> feel like they are special <laughs> because of this one thing. And and I just feel like everyone should have that special quality of understanding and compassion for their partners by again understanding the science. It's just um, it's not that complicated. No, it's not. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love that. I, I will say it's a really funny thing. I often get uh, feedback from clients or, or you know, whatever, like, "Oh yeah, my partner and I were in bed the other day. We were talking about you." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I feel like that has happened more times than I'm aware of. But I probably do feel all those good vibes. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, <laughs> your karma is like
0: unbelievable. The clearest Just
1: karma is good.
0: <laughs> fixing women. All over the globe, unbelievable. Well, thank you so much, and you're going to be back again soon because there's a lot of exciting things that you're working on.
1: That we for 2021, yes, to share Anything with I can the world. To make your hormonal navigation easier. I am on it
0: because <laughs> now that I always speak about you, I get questions. I'll get. I got like a DM yesterday from a girl saying, "Hey, I have PCOS. What supplements should I take
1: for fertility?" Like I don't oh, know. This t- just take the balance supplements. You go to flowliving.com and click on supplements and take those.
0: Okay. <laughs> that, I'm going to do forever. And reach,
1: reach out to us at Flow Living. You know, we are a virtual health center where we connect you with supplements, digital therapeutic courses, and one-on-one telehealth coaching to help you navigate out of your hormonal chaos and get back into hormonal flow. Um, you do not have to try to figure it out on your own you know, and it just, it can be so much easier and you can be over whatever you're dealing with in a couple of cycles. It's, it doesn't have to be that drawn out and complicated. A couple of cycles. I mean, you know, look what we did with your little pregnancy journey there. Well, that was my very third long. cycle. Yeah. A couple cycles is all you
0: need. <laughs> Which was so, you know, what was funny is I realized I was pregnant too, because I got my little notification on the app and I was like, wait, I don't feel this way. Yeah. Yeah. What is this happening? And I took a pregnancy test. I was totally not expecting David but I wasn't even home. I fell to my knees. I was shocked. It was so funny that it had happened without even, it was so in the back of my mind. So thank you. You're welcome. The baby's <laughs> name is Elisa Vitti. Elisa Vitti Barangay. Her name is Flo. I'm going to name her Flo. <laughs> <laughs> oh name, or name or something. Name something else. <laughs> you imagine. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, I'll talk to you soon I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything Is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barancini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao.